This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. October 16th. I'm John Kay, and today I am joined by Eden Diller, roommate of Megan Trader, if any communications people know her. She's pretty awesome. But the reason I am joined today by Eden is because we had to write a paper for Andy Brown's class at Advanced Writing for the Media, and we had to talk about the people of Trine. And Megan, obviously a very skilled writer, wrote about her roommate who is a part of the Indiana National Guard. And she's gonna to talk to us today a little bit about what it's like or what it was like being on the front lines of COVID and some of the things she had to do. And yeah, we're just gonna see what she has to say about it today. Hello, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm good, how are you? Doing well. Ready to uh, start the weekend. It's been a, it's been a busy too. week, crazy week. So introduce yourself to the people, tell them who you are, what you do, what you're majoring in. Yep, like John said, my name is Eden Diller. I'm a sophomore chemical engineering student with a minor in metallurgy here at Trine. Um, I am a seaburn specialist, that is a chemical specialist in the um, United States National Guard. Um, I'm with the 113th Sustainment Brigade out of Muncie, Indiana, and that's where I drill full time. Um, over the summer, I was on COVID response where I was activated on federal orders for just going on six months. So, and what was it like being? What did what all did that entail? Being a part of COVID response? I read the I read the article, so I kind of know a little bit. But explain to us a little bit more what that was, what your duties involved, and like what or how it what it was like. Because a lot of us were stuck at home during this. Sure. I was also stuck at home. Um, I was actually on co-op um, when um, the school year uh, came to a halt. And so I went home just like everybody else. And in early April, um, the National Guard was taking volunteers for this. Um, I was out of a job. I was out of a co-op because it canceled. And I decided that I needed to make some money. So I volunteered to go. And that entailed me going to Muncie for um, probably four months, just about. Uh, I was working in a headquarters um, situation in Muncie, Indiana, where we oversaw District 6, which was like the Indy area, Muncie area down there. We oversaw that. Um, we did testing sites. We ran testing sites. We ran um, the prison operations where we were guarding and helping inmates that were sick. Um, but I did a lot of the personnel accountability and stuff like that. So that's what I was doing. And what was that? What was that like? That must have been huge because I mean, we're all just college students right now. So getting a little bit of responsibility in an organization like the National Guard, which is in, is huge. I mean, not many people get that opportunity. So what was that, what was that like getting, just getting the opportunity? It was definitely really interesting to have that opportunity. I was definitely the youngest person in my headquarters 
unit because a lot of older people work there because they have more experience. So that was a really cool, that was a really cool experience for me because I got to work with people with way more experience, way more intelligence about, you know, the army running. So that was really interesting. Um, I learned a lot and I got to really prove myself in the National Guard just because they had never really seen a young person be able to succeed in that type of environment before. before. So that was the most interesting part for sure. That's awesome. I mean, that's such a huge thing, just being able to step up. I mean, not many people do that. So I'm going to... Yay. Little clap. Yay, little clap. (laughs) Um, So what was it like having to work with... Because that's not something that you hear about the National Guard having to do is guard the prisons and make sure that the inmates are okay in prisons. Um, Especially with... Well, I mean, we've never experienced anything like this. So what was that like a little bit? Right. I mean, it was was definitely... It was scary for everybody. And the National Guard, we haven't had to do this since before any of us were alive. So it was definitely a learning experience for everybody involved. Um, A lot of people were looking towards the National Guard to, you know, be testing Hoosiers and all that jazz and honestly we had we had no idea what we were doing at first so we had to we had to step up and we had to learn and we had to teach ourselves and we had to correct our mistakes over and over and over again and it was it was interesting to see the entire public general public look look up to the national guard when we ourselves had no idea what was going on also because it was such a it was a scary time for everybody so that was that answer your question yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, I don't know what you asked. I forgot. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. I think that answered the question because I don't remember the question either. We're all human. <laughs> okay. Um, so what's it like being in that situation? Because, I mean, that's got to be a little uncomfortable, being in a situation where you have no idea what you're doing yourself, but people are looking up to you. Like, how hard was it to stay calm? Like, if you were out in public and stuff and people saw that you were National Guard, like, how how hard, well, I mean, out out in public when you could be? and saw people when you could. How hard was that to like stay calm and just remind people like, hey, everything's gonna be okay when you you yourself might have been questioning if everything was gonna end up being okay? And I think that boils down to just what we had to do. Personally, I was not out in the public a lot. I was, I was basically stuck in a room managing a lot of people across the state. Um, but I know a lot of my friends in the National Guard, they were, they were out at testing sites, they were testing the general public, they were guarding the prisons, they were talking to inmates, and from what they said, um, they kind of just had to keep a cool mindset about it because so many people were scared, and um, to no fault of their own. So I think that we just had to be the face of like positive pos- positivity. I guess. That, that kind of anger in the storm type of deal. So you guys went from being looked up to in the community when COVID all started and you guys had to, you know, put it out there that you guys were the calm in the storm. And then the riots started happening. And I read this in Megan's paper and people, the public didn't react well to you guys, which I find interesting because do you have any idea why that might have been that they looked at you guys weird and like how does that feel going from being such I don't such I guess I don't know how to word it but you know just going from such a being such a positive to just being looked at differently in such a short span because that all happened very quickly 
Yeah, so that that kind of boiled down to, again, just the unknown and the fear. Um, I feel like the media portrayed a lot that the National Guard was going to be stepping into these riots and they were going to be escalating the situation, and that was that was just not the case for us. Um, the Indiana National Guard never got activated for um, riot control. We, we, were, we were prepared, but we never did. Um, our mission was COVID response. Our mission was testing people. Our mission was keeping the general public healthy, and we were, we were often shielded from what was going on in the public just just because that wasn't that wasn't our focus um it was interesting um going through all of that just because people did have this mindset that the united states military was obviously a sector of the government and they were they were worried for their safety um during that time which was never our goal um going out in public was was tough during that time especially because i was in indy for a short period of time and that was that was the center stage for indiana um of the riots and stuff like that so um, we were told really not to go out in uniform um, just for our own safety because, you know, bad people can do bad things. Um, but that, that was, it did, it did pretty much go away, um, the, the anger that people were feeling and the uncertainty, which was good for us because um, it was scary. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be scary for both sides. Obviously, as you yeah, said, it was sure. scary for your side. Um, just going out in public and not knowing because you go like like you go from being looked up to to now all of a sudden it's oh you guys are going to come in and you're going to try and stop our movement which was never really a thing that was going to happen so it's just interesting that it just flip-flops so quick glad to know that you're for the, back in the good graces of the community because you guys do a lot of good work i mean that's not a it's not an easy job to have i mean you were one of I mean, obviously, when you started working, going back to work for the National Guard, you were one of the few groups of people that could actually operate on a day-to-day basis. So I'm not from Indiana, but I say thank you for keeping people sane and a time of a lot of uncertainty because I remember there was days I was sitting home and I would just look up at the ceiling and I'm like, man, am I ever going to get out of here? Like, Is it just ever going to happen? So, I mean, it's people like you that really... Uh, made sure that it got to happen. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so you're a chemical engineer. What are you looking to go into with a chemical engineering degree? Um, sure. So I am very interested in the metal industry. Um, I worked for Steel Dynamics for a summer and then part of a co-op that got interrupted with, co-op or with COVID. Um, so I want to be either a process or quality engineer working for one of the steel mills or iron foundries, um, probably in the state of Indiana because iron belt, all that jazz. Uh, so that's what that's my plan after graduation. Stay in the Hoosier State. Do you, are you going to continue working with the National Guard? Is a... um, I still have two and a half years on my contract. Okay. Um, so I have, to, I have to finish that out, and I guess it'll kind of depend where my life is at if I if I want to stay in. Um, before this whole COVID thing, I definitely did not. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought it was very interrupted to in my life. But um, after this, I realized that the National Guard really did save me because so many people were out of work, out of jobs, out of money, and I had the opportunity to still work. So that was really cool. And looking way ahead in the future, that's something that I want my family to fall back on if needed um, ever again. So that'll definitely be a question I have to ask myself a couple or about when I graduate is when I get out of the National Guard. So, so how does 
I guess this would have been a good question to ask earlier, but how does it work being a part of the National Guard? Like, what do you have to do? How long are you, like you said, you had to say you had, you're on, under contract. So just tell us a little bit about the process of, I guess, getting into the National Guard and becoming, joining the National Guard. That sounds better. Not For sure. I, I sometimes forget that um, other, this isn't like general knowledge to other people. So um, it started when I went more of a non-traditional path for it. I joined when I was in high school. I was 17 years old. Um, I was a junior and I went to basic training the summer in between my junior and senior year of high school. So I graduated that, I came back, finished out my senior year, and then that following summer I did the rest of my training um, for for the Army. And training is Army-wide, it's not just National Guard, it's not just Reserves, it's, it's everybody. So I went and finished out that. Um, basic training is about three months and the secondary training called AIT is, mine was about four months, but it varies. So I graduated that, I came back, and I entered a full-time unit, um, which mine is in Muncie. Um, after that, you drill one week in a month. Um, sometimes it's three days, sometimes it's it's two. It just depends on, on the month. You have to hit so many days in a year. And then in the summers, usually in the summers, it can be any time during the year, you do a two-week training stunt um, somewhere. Uh, it's usually for us in Camp Atterbury, which is just south of Indy. Um, but yeah, we do those two weeks and it just goes on like that unless something like this happens. And then we get called up for active duty where it's full, it's a full-time position. And it's impressive how you guys can go from two days on a weekend or three days on a weekend to just full-time. That's really a testament to being prepared. So again, that's just awesome. Um, Anything, anything you'd like to say to the general public about how they've done with COVID and any positive words you have for them? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that Indiana is doing very well um, keeping COVID at bay, but obviously we should, steep, we should keep um, implementing our safety procedures. You should be wearing masks, all that jazz, because we, we don't want this to get worse. It's still going on just because I came off orders. Because of school does not mean that the National Guard is not still activated. Um, they're still working full-time over there. I still talk to them every day, and they they don't want this thing to get worse because it was really scary for a long time, and I think we're finally grasping control of the whole situation. So just keep doing what you're doing because it, it, could, get, it could get a lot worse, especially during flu season. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, I'd like to say a big thank you to Eden giving up some time coming in and dealing with my tardiness being late. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you see her around campus, wave, say hello. If you know who she is, if you don't, you should. She's a pretty nice person. I don't know. Or she might knock you out. I have no idea. But, yeah, as she, as she flexes, watch out. Anyways, thank you. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's kind of scary getting on a microphone sometimes, so I really appreciate you stepping up. But I guess you've had to deal with a lot scarier stuff lately. I don't know. I was pretty nervous. So. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again to Eden. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys listening. This has been awesome getting to talk with Eden today. And next week, I think we're going to try and track down Professor Luann Holman and talk to her about some theater stuff. So make sure you tune into that. I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. 
Learn more at trine.edu.